Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. My name is Dan Carson, and on today's podcast, we're going to be looking at one of those sticky situations in student ministry. But before we get to that, I just want to thank our podcast partner, Central Baptist College of Conway, Arkansas. Central Baptist College is challenging, engaging, and inspiring. And if you have a student who is looking at the next stage of their education, have them check out cbc.edu. I know that the admissions team would love a chance to talk with maybe with you or your student and just open up that dialogue. Let them check it out and know what it's all about. Our guest has spent a couple of years at Central Baptist College. I graduated from there. My daughter's there. The list goes on of all the good folks that I know that are either teaching or have been a part of the college, but give them a chance. Let, look them up at cbc.edu. Well, on today's podcast, my partner in crime, Chris Vines, isn't with me, but I do have another special guest. His name is Richard Ball. He is the youth pastor at Southside Baptist Church in Damascus, Arkansas, and we're going to be talking about the sticky situation of disrespectful kids. How do you deal with that in your youth group? Because, you know, you can't put them in a closet and lock the door. That would be child abuse. So we're not going to do those things, <laughs> but welcome yeah. to the podcast, Richard. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that would, that would, uh, you might not have a job if you did that. So, <laughs> but wow. yeah, yeah. Glad to be here. <laughs> Over the years, <laughs> I've had students like that, that I've just thought, ah, I just want to put them somewhere for the next hour so I can actually connect with the rest. And, but we're going to get to some ways to handle that and the actual scenario that we have. We're both part of a, a great group on Facebook that's the Arkansas Student Pastors Network. Kind of looks like the ESPN logo. Love that. Um, but it's a group that are is, I think, initially designed for the Southern Baptists. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is uh, ran and led by... Uh, Warren Gasway, who's uh, for in in Arkansas Southern Baptist life, he is the youth youth uh, youth guy guru kind of you know. Okay, and okay. so kind yeah. of serves in a similar position to what I do in Arkansas yes. for the BMA. And so again, we're thrilled to have Richard on the podcast. This is his first time, um, but he's been at our student ministry workers retreat. I've had a chance to connect with him on on occasion. Yeah. And so, Richard, just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. My name is Richard, uh, obviously, and uh, and so I have been doing uh, student ministry since, in various forms and sundry ways, since 1997. Uh, when I surrendered to the ministry, uh, I was I was saved when I was eight years old. I rededicated my life at 13 and surrendered to the ministry when I was 18 years old, and so. I've done all kinds of various things through that. I've been a volunteer youth worker. I've I've filled in anywhere in the church that I could I could do. I've preached on occasion. 
and then uh, as time went on, I was able to become a youth pastor of a church and uh, got, uh, as well as I used to be a teacher in a private Christian school in Little Rock, uh, uh, Southwest Christian Academy, Go Lions, uh, for about 10 years. And uh, and so um, at the end of that 10 year, I felt God calling me into full time focused vocational ministry. I was serving as a part time youth pastor at a church in Conway. And uh, God called me uh, from there to uh, to the great city uh, of Calico Rock, Arkansas, um, where I served as youth and children's pastor uh, and uh, got to do all kinds of wonderful experiences there. And then four years ago, God called me to Southside Baptist Church, where I have been and been loving every minute of it. And so but I've been doing youth ministry off and on through various and sundry things, like I said, since 1997 and been married since 2004 uh, to my wonderful wife, Crystal. Her name is Crystal Ball. And so that, you know, uh, some of you might wake up in the middle and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I just got what he was saying. So, <laughs> you know, and uh, and so she said yes to it. So the, so the name's on her. And uh, we've been married now for 19 years this July. And we have got three boys, uh, Ethan, Logan and Jonathan and two of those boys are in my youth ministry. So that's an, that's an inviting and exciting experience. And uh, so, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my youth ministry in a nutshell. And uh, I also stream on Twitch. And so it's, that's been a lot of fun. That is, your wife's name cracks me up. I had not yeah. put that together when I read it, when you sent it to me, <laughs> but you know, my wife is named temple. And so she immediately goes like the church and she was Temple from <laughs> Temple in high school, being a part That's of funny. Temple in Little Rock. And yeah. then for nine years, we were at Temple Baptist Church in Rogers. And so, again, she was Temple from Temple. <laughs> temple um, from Temple. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Well, you know, one of the things that I didn't know about you until we started sharing some information before this was the fact that you're on Twitch. And yeah. so that you stream um, your gamer streaming uh streaming gamer yeah that's right yes so <laughs> tell us a little bit about that what you what you do uh with that oh, how man. that impacts you oh man well like you know for me one of the things i always tell my students is to use you know god has given you you know gifts and abilities for you to bring honor and glory to god and in no way am i saying am i the best video gamer out there um, I'm not, I'm, but I, I love technology and I love, and, and, and I have a good kind of knowledge about it and I love playing video games and, and, you know, there's such a, a need and a, and a hunger in the video game space for community and for people to, you know, and so I, I started making connections with some, uh, with some guys that are on the streaming space, guys like, uh, like Dr. Heels, that's his name. Super Shadow is another one. Uh, Pastor Deustin, a uh, guy I shared with you named Kennethan. And, and I got to see how they were doing it. And I, I felt like God was leading me in that direction. And so and so I started streaming uh, about about three years ago on, on my channel on Twitch. And I play Fortnite. I play other games, but I mainly play Fortnite. And and in my tagline is kind of... Um, uh, Jesus is first and foremost to serve my life. I'm a husband, dad, and youth pastor. I believe in, sh in sharing the love of Jesus through playing video games and having a great time while doing it. And I've gotten to witness to people, defend my faith to people. Um, I, have a, I have a small community that is uh, 
that has been just an amazing thing just to just to minister to um and to just uh be the hands and feet of jesus uh to in in a, in a space that I, I feel desperately needs uh more christians to be active and involved in and so it's been it's been a bless it's been a bl- blast and a blessing you get yeah. to do that well it's definitely a space that christ needs to permeate um, yes, I, I really hadn't been involved with Twitch until this last year and started watching some things on there, you know, and so I, there's just some real possibilities and I'm excited to hear about that. In fact, we may have you yeah. come back and share a little bit more oh, about that and how you're doing that um, yeah. because we have, you know, we all have students who are on there anyway, they're either watching mm-hmm. somebody else play, uh, yeah. maybe they've thought about doing that sort of thing and how can they do that? So we'll talk some more about yeah. that in the future. But today, yeah, to. uh, uh, today I wanted to talk about that sticky situation of disrespectful kids, and I wanted to start by simply sharing the scenario that we both read about on this mm-hmm. um, the Facebook group because it was it's one that we've all dealt with. You know, um, we have different levels of kids that are in our student ministry. Sometimes they are church kids that have been there since birth. Other times you get kids that somebody brought on rare occasion to get somebody who just kind of drops in from the neighborhood. You know, it depends on your community and what that looks like. But let me start by reading this scenario, and then we'll kind of just kind of talk talk about it. The scenario is I have a group of very disrespectful kids, no respect for authority, laughs and cuts up all the time, no respect for other people's time. Bad talks with them individually as a whole. I've explained that I'm the authority as student pastor when they're under my care. They disregard and show zero respect or remorse. They come from rough homes, so I don't want to tell them they can't come back, but they're causing serious issues. At what point do I tell them that they aren't welcome back if they refuse to obey the rules? Should I have a contract or should I have a three-strike rule? You know, um, over the years... I've had a student or two like that, not a whole group, but how about you, Richard? What have you had a group that's kind of fallen into this category at times? Oh yeah. I've had several students as, you know, being in ministry as long as, you know, what you, the longer you get in ministry, the more that you have experiences of kids yeah. of all types, kids <laughs> that right. definitely come from great homes and solid homes. And then kids that come from the most unstable conditions in the world. Um, I've had, with youth ministry, I have kids that uh, were taken in the middle of the night by DHS because of the home. And so, you know, there there are those kids out there that uh, they struggle with uh, discipline and, and having a sense of, of order. And and it's not an easy situation. And no. so, yeah, and and it's and it's a difficulty. And so the the scenario the the person's got my got my sympathies and my prayers because it's a difficult situation. Yeah. And, you know, I've got several years of experience. I know Richard does as well. The The simple truth is this is not an easy scenario by any stretch because mm-hmm. you're dealing and working with students that have unique personalities and unique backgrounds. And so trying to come up with some principles or maybe some things that you could outline and figure out how to approach the situation is good because I know we have a lot of we have volunteers that listen. We have part-time guys and full-time guys. And yeah. a lot of times those full-time guys are are on the younger side and they maybe just came out of Bible college and they're like, wait a minute, we're not all going to sit around a campfire and sing Kumbaya. Um, no, there are times when these students are going to push your last nerve 
and yep. try to just send you over the edge. And it happens. And it is a sticky situation. So um, what I thought, Richard, you you outlined some great things for this uh, poster and we're able to just share your heart. And so I just kind of want to just kind of step through this list of seven things. Yeah. You have a, a three strike rule, um, but you also have some things lined out. So what do you mean by a three strike rule? Well, well you give the, in, the student three instances to make improvements in behavior. Um, now, you know, one of the things I didn't talk about in the post is that there are extreme situations to where you do have to be hard and have a hard line, especially in, in terms of the safety of your students, uh, because you cannot let something that is kind of corrupt, kind of corrupted ruin the whole group. Cause, yeah. uh, I, particularly as a, as a kid growing up in youth, uh, one of the things that, I saw happening before my very eyes is that my youth group was the my youth group was deteriorating as as a kid in the youth, and it was because we didn't have any sort of discipline. In fact, the only ones that ever got in trouble, and we had kids that came from broken homes, kids that were were in, dealing with drug addiction either themselves or in their family, alcohol addiction either themselves or their family. Lots of things were happening, and and so, but for for nothing was dealt with as far as their behavior except for the ones that were the consistent good you know the ones that were good the ones that were they were the it was like the kids that that hardly ever got in trouble they were the only ones that ever got in trouble and the kids that ne that were kind of the trouble that and so what happened was uh it just it it kills the group and so you have to protect the group at all costs and so if it's a dangerous situation if they are bringing weapons or knives or or, you know, if they're making threats, they're, they're those sorts of extreme situations that you do have to put your foot down and say, hey, you can't come back until X, Y, and Z, until we have a conversation, we, you know, and those sorts of things. But for the most part, you're not going to get those sorts of extremes. But, um, you know, there are those those instances. Now, um, I'm sorry, can you repeat your question? I forgot what the question was. <laughs> no, it was just the three strike rule. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The three strike rule. Work, work um, well, you know, it's just you give them, you know, it in and, and I, I, I've mentioned and I've also I've also read articles about this about the need for uh, number one consistency and to do it privately because yeah. you never want to draw attention to the situation um, because that feeds that does a weird thing of feeding the the behavior. Um, you think that by calling them out and trying to shame them publicly is going to correct it nine times out of 10 it's it's not it's going to have the adverse effect of it of of actually causing them to be more because what they want at the end of the day is attention and so i pull them aside and i say hey uh i'm going to warn you this is you know this is just a warning we cannot do this uh you you can't be jump you can't be showing disrespect to people here that's not okay you can't be being ugly and hateful to something that's not okay please keep that please be better than this, please choose, choose better. And it's, and it's really no different than what you have in a school, you know, right. schools have, right. have, have these sorts of instances to where, Hey, we're giving you these opportunities. And when you break the rules, that's what you have. And so if it gets to that point, then there has to be some, some further advanced consequences than, than the conversation. I, tr I, I err on the side of grace yeah. because we don't know the situations of, 
the home life of so many of these students. We really don't. We as try as we can to to know about that. We don't know what it's like to be in their house. I used to minister to kids that uh, they uh, when they came to church, that was a guaranteed one meal. Uh, and, and so we just don't know the stories. And in fact, I was sharing, I was talking last night with, uh, cause we have students that, that are volunteering, uh, to help, uh, they, they, and they're doing an amazing job. And one of them said this, this one kid and talking about, it, and I said, but the thing about it is, is that this is the, this may be the most stable situation that they're getting to come to because you don't know what it's like at home. And so for me, I try to err on the side of, of grace and, and mercy, but there is those, you do have to kind of follow those limits and, and follow those kind of guidelines. So that's what I do as far as like, you know, I, I'll give them three opportunities to make an improvement. And if it doesn't go from there, then, then we move on and, and say, Hey, maybe, you know, and you don't ignore them at all. It's not like I might be jumping ahead of the gun here on this, but you don't, you don't just say, okay, you can't come back and you don't ever touch base with them, but you follow through with you, you, you stay in communication with them. I think that's, that's a big and important thing. And so, uh, until, because they're not going to, they're not going to grow or have a heart to change if, if you just kick them out and, and don't have anything to do to try to bring them back. Yeah. You know, and I think even Paul kind of alludes that in first and second Corinthians, the need for discipline, as well as the need to, uh, to restore back. So, yeah, but yeah, that's kind of what I do with my three strikes. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Well, let's let's go back a little bit before that. And you, the seven things yeah. you posted, um, you talked about uh, first of all talking with your pastor. And yes. so, what what did you mean there? Oh yeah, yeah, because you you have to your your pastor because ultimately the one that's responsible over the the activities in the church in, in most churches is going to be the pastor, right? You know, he's the one that is going to have to answer for for our actions, for the things that we do, for what we, you know, because a lot of times they're not going to come and talk to you as much as what you would like for them to come talk to you. They're going to go to him. And so your pastor, you know, the more your pastor knows about the situation, the more that you have in conversation with your pastor about about how this is going on and, and as well as just getting advice. Sometimes mm-hmm. the pastor has a better idea as to how to handle this situation um, than what, than what you do. Um, and so talking with him and getting to be on the same page with him, that helps go a long way in dealing with discipline. You might not think so because it's like, well, he's not there, he's not around, but he might have some insight as to how to handle it because he deals with, he has to deal with discipline on a different issue. And so (laughs) he could be a great resource for insight. And so I love the fact that I can talk with my pastor. And I realize that some people are like, well, I can never talk to my pastor. We hardly ever talk. Well, it's got to start somewhere. You got to be willing to have that conversation. And so the first thing I say to do is to, is to talk with your pastor. So that way your pastor's number one in the know. Yeah. Number two yeah. can help give you insight and can back you up and support you. Uh, those are the three big things that you that you need to have in, in in ministry, especially early on in ministry. I didn't I didn't follow that and and it didn't work out as well as what I would hoped. And it would have worked out so much better had I spent those times back then talking it over with my pastor, getting insight from him, and and so that way I have his support. And I think that that's that's something that we in youth ministry because we tend to be we look at ourselves as siloed from the rest of the church. Um, I think that that is um, that would be a good thing for us to do is to talk with the pastor. You know, my my pastor at Temple Church just gave me one piece of advice because I came there. I was in 
my mid thirties at that point. And he just said, Hey, just keep me informed of what's going on. He just mm-hmm. wanted to be in the know because yeah. inevitably somebody will go to the, did you know? And he'll go, no, I didn't. And that's a problem. Yeah. So yeah. start those commu- that communication. If you haven't been, yeah. find some time, keep it up. Number two, you yeah. talk about sending a letter home to parents with the students and then through, maybe through the mail or email. What, what do you think there? In any way, form that you can get the message out as best as possible. Handing it to a student, not the most effective. I've <laughs> I've handed out, I've had calendars now. I've had my summer calendar now for about a month. And I just now gave out a calendar to a parent whose kid has been in youth. I gave it to them Sunday because that didn't make it home. It's probably sitting in their car somewhere or it's it's folded up in their phone case and they have yet to take it out. I mean, we cannot depend on students because yeah. there's there's students. They they they're not they got a thousand and one things going on in 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 their heads and the things that they got to do between sports and school and and all the stuff that they're involved in that we can't expect them to, you know, I gave it to the parent, to the kid to give home. No, that, no, you gotta be, you gotta find a way of getting it out to the parent. Even if that's one of the things that we do in our student ministry is we have a youth group, Facebook parent page. And we also use hmm. through grow a thing called hubs. And it's a way for me to communicate directly to parents. Uh, so using social media that, pro- and it's not a public group. It's not open to anybody. Uh, you have to have a a student involved in our student ministry to be to be a part of it. And so but that's a way for doing it, as well as like having parent meetings and and even, you know, you might even have to go through the through the way of just doing it through uh, through snail mail, uh, you know, through in the old school, getting an address, getting a letter out. You might have to. Um, you, you might have to do those sorts of things or to be able to get it to the parent, you know, because when you have that and you have your, this is how we're going to do things from now on. And I, and I would also encourage, uh, uh, whoever it is, maybe whoever's listening that is struggling with this is that I would encourage them to don't start doing a discipline policy until you, until you, or change in discipline policy until you talk with your pastor and the parents. And so everybody is on board and they understand yeah, and know. Yeah. Um, and for some people, uh, for, I know in some youth ministries, uh, they've had to say, we can't meet until we have a parent meeting. And so they've had to do that for that extreme. I don't know how effective that is, but you have to be willing to sit and meet and talk with the parents or, or be willing to send stuff home through any means necessary to get, uh, to get that information to your parents. So your parents are in the know. And so, and, and I assume yeah. from what you're talking about here, you're ta- uh, specifically now we want our parents to be informed on all areas. Oh yeah. Since we're talking about discipline, uh, whether it's a new discipline policy or just maybe they've been unaware <laughs> of yeah. what, how, how things are supposed to be run, um, getting that information out to them. Uh, so yeah. how do you handle those that are students that their parents aren't involved in church at all? Um, how do you handle it? For me, I handle them just like our parents that are that have students that are in the youth ministry that do go to okay. church. You know, I treat them as realizing that, number one, uh, they are not a part of our church, um, realizing that uh, church life is 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 not a thing that they do. And so. You know, but as far as 
getting out information to them, they, you know, they're important, they're important in that respect as our, as our parents who are church members and active and involved and that sort of thing, you know, so I do that. I don't like, uh, I don't just send it to our church member kids. I send it to, I send it to all of our students because they've got to know, and they've, they've got to have, you know, they got to have access to it, you know? Like I like yesterday, I I had to reach out to a parent that uh, they are not a member of of our church. I had to talk to them about some things with with camp coming up, and um, and so that was great to get to do that. And and through that, I was able to make a make a good connection with them. And mm, and so that's that's always been a help. I have another parent last night that uh, they're not they've been kind of attending, but they are not normal church members. But you know they do a lot of lot of things outside and travel and stuff like that. And so. Uh, they asked me about, you know, and I, I treat them the same way I do our, our, our regular members. And so number four on your list is recruit parents to help. And yeah. so what do you mean there? Describe that a little bit for us. Um, re- recruiting parents to help. And that could be that for me, it's like finding out how to better, cause it may be that that child at school might be on, uh, an IEP or it might be on some sort of, um, behavior, uh, issue at the school that they're, that they're, that the school works through. And so coming alongside that parent and that's, you know, recruiting parent to help, maybe it means that you ask for your parents to come and volunteer and, and, and you could probably do a, another podcast on, on the challenges of that, because it is hard <laughs> to get parents to come in and volunteer, it but, is, it is. um, you know, having them put, put in some, uh, some, some skin in the game, I think that helps with discipline in the long run, because they're getting to see and to know what's going on in, in their student's life. And they get to see and experience what's happening. And for them, it gives them a buy-in as to why this matters. And so, mm-hmm. but going to them and asking them, I'm having, you know, I'm if it's just one individual, uh, just as an example, if going to them and asking them, I need your help with this, uh, Timmy or or Billy or or whoever the child may be, um, they are we're having this discipline issue to where um, they're, they're doing things and they're saying things. And I just need to know, is this normal? Is this something that we need to address? Um, like how can we best help it? It might be because, uh, they have some, some sort of behavior issues that they just, you know, internal behavior issues. Um, they, they might be diagnosed. I know a lot of people make fun of it, but it is a diagnosis of oppositional defiance disorder. And how do you treat that? How do you handle that? My, while maintaining not curtailing to them and giving in, but help holding to your set of standards. Talking with a parent is so much better than not talking with the parent. That is a great way to ask parents for, for help is, uh, you know, and, and one of the things I do in my parent meetings that I do have, I said, Hey, if there's anything I can do, if there's something I, I can be aware of, uh, what's, you know, if there's anything I can help out, please let me know. You know, if I don't know about the issue, I can't fix it. And so, uh, also texting parents and saying, Hey, or, or calling parents, um, Hey, I, I, what I've noticed, this has been going on. What, what is it? Uh, is there something I need to know? You know, getting parents on your side, like I said, is so much better than having them against you. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I know that, that, that Chris and I have talked often about mm-hmm. this need for parents to be a part of the same team. I mean, cause that's what, at the end of the day, we're trying to help our yeah. students become disciples of Christ Yeah. and student ministry 
is family ministry. It, yeah. They're all interconnected. And so we want that. Now on your list, you've got at this point, so all these one through four, those things are happening. But then you talk about the strike start after that, which I, mm-hmm. I love because that's what it needs to do. And then you go on to number six, talking about a follow through and consistency, not drawing them uh, attention to the to the behavior in public. You've talked a little bit about that already, um, but maybe you could share just a little bit more thoughts about that. Follow through is so big in students' lives. Uh, even if you think that it's not good, even if you think that it's uh, something that is that is that is a challenge, even if you you know you're like I just you know. I don't want to do that because what if they never come back? You have to follow through. Your student's going to respect you more. And I say your students, because they're going to see how you handle this situation. And they're going to see that, yeah, what he means, what they mean is what they say. Yeah. And so there's more respect with that than there would be if you just, well, he just lets everybody get away with it. You know, it doesn't really matter. He has these things, but he tends to just let it go. And so you got to follow through and you have to be consistent. You you got to treat. It doesn't matter if the kid is from a from a home that is broken or a kid that's from a good, solid home. You have to treat them the same because it's it's the discipline. You can't if somebody if if you're if your rock solid church going kid is is threatening to punch somebody in the throat, um, you have to treat them as that kid that's come from the trouble home. That's that's doing the same thing. A kid that's bringing in knives is knives to church or in school. Um, and of course I realize in rural ministry, it may be because they just got done hunting and they didn't have time to go <laughs> home and change, you know, you know, it's that, that sort of thing, you know, especially where, where, where I live, I have kids that are, that are outdoors hunters, fishers and stuff like that. And so they may come with their hunting gear on, or they may come in and they might have something, not that they're going to take it out and show it, uh, or anything like that. So you have to understand that sort of uh, respect as well, but you have to treat the discipline the same. Um, if they were taking it out, threatening to stab somebody with it, that's a problem. You know, you got to, you got to deal with that. And so, but following through and, and, and unless it's a, unless it's an endangerment of the kid or of the students, if it's a, it's, if it's a public endangerment in that moment, then you need to handle it privately. Because once again, you don't want to draw attention because in that one child's mind, if they are being disrespectful, if they are, you know, if they're just, you know, if it's a constant issue, it may just take just something as simple as pausing for just a few moments and just standing there being quiet. Mm. You know, in those sort of situations, students have a great way of policing themselves and telling them, hey, be quiet or hey, shut up, you know, which I don't know, shut up may be a strong word. I apologize. Um, but, uh, you know, but sometimes they can please themselves that way, but you really want to avoid drawing attention to it because for some kids, any attention is worth it. And if they get that, well, then, you know, and especially so many of them, uh, especially in a small school, they, are, they come with a label of this is how this kid is going to act. And, and I remember I was talking with one student who has, who had a behavior issue. And, and we had to go, I had to go to the extreme of, of saying, Hey, before he can come back, we've got to do these things. Um, But at one point we were having this conversation, like, like, and he said, I was just asking a question and people thought I was being funny. And so I was like, well, might as well just do it and be funny. Even though he was trying to be genuine and honest, people just assumed that he was being, that he was, that he's, 
being a cut up and, and trying to get in trouble. You don't want to, you don't want to draw attention to that. And so I always go by, uh, uh, discipline in private and, uh, praise in public. You know, that's we, good. we need to that's change that, that, that mindset of, of what the, what should we should be getting attention for? Is it for doing good things or is it for doing bad things? And so, um, and so I said, yeah, don't draw attention to the behavior in public unless it's a life-threatening thing. Then you have to step in. You have to show that you're someone that is going to, you know, that is going to take that is going to take the punch to protect the other one. You know, you have to be willing to step in and and handle that in that sort of public way. But if it's something that is that can be handled in private, don't don't embarrass them in public. Uh, don't draw attention to it and don't do it by yourself. We just live in a world that where you have another trusted adult alongside you, um, which I know that can be hard and I know that can be a challenge in and of itself. Uh, but to have another trusted adult, even if that adult is the pastor and you pull them in, pull them into the office and, and say, Hey, this is going on. This needs to stop. You have a witness as to what is happening. And so, um, that's why that's, that's for me is, is just follow through to me. The biggest thing is to follow through and be consistent oh, yeah. because your students see that in the long run. They do. Um, and over time you'll see, I believe you'll see a change in your, in the behavior of your students. So at the end of your post, you talked about allowing for opportunities for that student to return back to the group. And I, and I love yeah. that because that's kind of at the heart of, uh, you know, at Matthew 18, that's at the heart of really the gospel itself. Um, so what would that look like? How would you step through that with a student who had had to be taken out of youth group for a time? It's one that uh, fortunately I have not had a whole lot of a whole lot of time, a whole lot of instances, because usually before this, before the last thing, um, we have, uh, you know, I, I see a change in the student's behavior. Yeah. Um, uh, and so how, for me, this looks is that you, you give them, you give them space away and you continue to reach out to them. You continue to pray for them. You continue to, uh, to make a connection with them outside of the youth group. And that might mean that you go through things and say, Hey, this is and, and each each ministry is going to be different. Each ministry is going to, you know, for this instance, would look look different as to how they seek to restore a, a student back to the ministry, uh, back to the back to student ministry. And so it may mean that you have mentoring sessions uh, one on one for 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 weeks on end. It may mean that. Um, it may mean an instance that, you know, because they, they did this three strikes thing, you know, maybe it's they miss a Wednesday or they miss a Sunday or they have to go sit somewhere else in the church. You know, usually if you if you threaten to make them sit with the adults, they tend to be better. I don't, you know, yeah. I don't know if that's because <laughs> of like they're like, I don't want to sit there because it's it's uh, they're older than me, you know, but um but, you know, I, for me, one of the things I would try to I would try to always do is is to reach out and talk with them. Um, there was a student that I had that uh, it got to the point to where it was it was a relation. It was a relationship and that relationship went sour. Um, and so I had to say, you can't come back until we talk, until we have these conversations. And so we started we started talking. We started um, doing that. And, and while he never, he never returned, he never came back because, uh, he, there were some other things that happened in his, in his family's life and, and things of that nature. 
but I always stay in contact with him. And so, mm. you know, and I think at the end of the day, even if your student never comes back to church, if you have that sort of open door to where you can call and co- to communicate with them at any time, I think that that is a, that is a win in the long run because you don't want to shut the door to a student, you know, even if that student doesn't come back to your ministry, doesn't come back to your, to your, to your church, you never want to, to be the reason why they just completely walk away from, from having ever try to have an encounter with Christ. That is the big danger that I think a lot of churches, a lot of youth groups would do is that because they want to be, they want to be so, uh, consistent in their discipline that they, that, that the grace tends to be lost and you want to be known as he reached out to me. He cared for me. He loved me even when I had all this stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and there, there are instances when they, when they do come back and that they are, they're better for it. And so, and your students need to see those sort of sorts of opportunities because it's one thing for us to talk about grace and forgiveness and dealing with consequences and redemption. It's another thing for them to not only hear us talk about it, for them to see it in action. And so, yeah, we've got, we've got it. We've got to, We have to remember that we are ministers of grace and mercy, and that we are a reflection of Jesus. Jesus is holy. Jesus is righteous, yes, but he's also loving, forgiving, and merciful. And we need to be an example of that as because we're to be an example of Christ. We can't, it's not really a great example of Christ if we if we kick a kid out and we don't ever give an opportunity for them to, to be brought back. Yeah. And so yeah. that's just that's just my my heart with that. Let me ask you, kind of throw out a hand grenade. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up today and it may not be that big a hand grenade, but s- some of your kids, um, yeah. that are a discipline problems claim to be Christ followers and they are even members of your church mm-hmm. in those situations. What do you think we should do? Should this ever come to the point of church discipline? I think it depends upon the reaction of the parents and the support yeah. of the parents. Um, again, you know, if you are, I have found if you and there are always those instances because I, 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 there's there might be somebody listening they'll be like oh yeah well I've done all of this and I still have this this issue there are always those instances to where you can talk with the pastor and have the pastor be on board with you you can have all the stuff sent home these letters and communications you can follow through and be and your parents say yeah that's fine until it is their kid <laughs> and then all of a sudden they might have the issue. Yeah. But the thing about it is, is being consistent. And even in those moments, like if you're saying, if you say to the parent, hey, look, I had to talk to, to so-and-so tonight. And, and, and then I just want you to know, this is what, what, I, what I, we talked about. And this is what he said. And once again, having that second adult in there with you is, is a big help. And I think in a lot of senses, this is almost, this would be just like what Jesus says in Matthew 18. Yeah. You know, because um, I would I would hope that we as youth pastors would would go that one extra step and say, Mom, Dad, we had this instant last night and I want you to know about this and then say, I feel like this is going to be a, we're not going to have this situation again. As as I also worked for a time uh, in in Little Rock at, at a at a camp called Lake Nixon, and I was I was one of the co-directors of Lake Nixon, and um, I would have discipline issues with kids that that we had to come alongside the parent and say, hey, just want you to know we had this today, we had this issue today, um, and, and especially for little ones, um, 
you know, that, that phone call when, when I, when I'm like, would you like to speak to little and so-and-so and they talk to them and, and, and just the realization with the kid that, Oh, this is not, this is, I need to shape up or ship <laughs> out, you know, and that usually helps, but there have been in, a few instances, very few instances, um, to where I had to say to the, to where we had to say to the parent and I would talk with our director about it. I never did this alone, but we would say, I'm sorry, but they need some time away. And I, you know, and I would, I would go a step further. I say, I would love to just be praying for you. And, and, and it was, those were hard and those were good. Those were like good parents and stuff like that. So, but the same is true in, 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 in church life with doing church ministry is that um, we need, you, you need to be communicating with your parents regardless of if it's like saying, Hey, Johnny uh, brought a knife. We can't have knives here because we have some kids that cannot handle it. And I, and I had to deal with that. I had a parent that um, I had somebody complain about, they saw one of our students with a knife and uh, now here's the deal. It's a good kid. (laughs) He's a real good kid. He didn't do it out of any malicious intent or anything, but you know, we kind of have a rule with knives because we had we had some issues with uh, some damage done to one of our vehicles, and so we had to say no knives. and And uh, and so I had to call as difficult as what what that was because nobody likes confrontation. Nobody really wants. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, "Hey, I want to confront somebody and have an argument <laughs> and have it a debate with somebody." Nobody does. Everybody wants to be like, "I want this to be the best day." And so, but I had to make that phone call and I had to say, "Hey, look." so-and-so had this knife and, you know, and you're like, I understand that, you know, they, they were kind of irritated that somebody ratted on them, uh, you know, and they're like, you know, what's, you know, how, how are we going to do, you know, but they were supportive of saying, Hey, we don't need to have, he doesn't need to have a knife. And he didn't have a knife. He doesn't have it. And, you know, of course now he's, he's in his twenties. He's one, of, the kid is actually one of my leaders. That's awesome. <laughs> and so he's a great kid. I love, I love having him uh, helping me out on, on Wednesdays and Sundays and stuff. He's great. But yeah, you know, you, you have to, and and it's sometimes it's difficult with with dealing because sometimes parents are like, well, not my child. Yeah. Well, this is what your child is doing, and I just wanted you to know. Yeah, better for them to know and to hear from you, versus to not know and to hear something else. Well, Richard, you have given us some great things to think about today. I think the big takeaways are: make sure your pastor is informed yes. that you guys are communicating. Make sure your parents are informed and that you're communicating, and then to be just consistent in, yeah. in all of these things. And and maybe a fourth one, grace-filled, you know, yes. that we we love on students, that we care about them, that we make sure that at the end of the day that, that we know that they know that that's the most important thing, that we care about them, yeah. that Jesus loves them, and we're just working through these things so we can uh, continue to, to be a group in harmony and unity. And so, again, just some great things, Richard. Thank you so much for sharing today and being Thank on the you. podcast. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. It's been it's been awesome. I love this podcast. I'm wearing the hat. I, don't know yeah, if you can tell. I love that. <laughs> so, I'm also wearing well, my VBS shirt. <laughs> oh, okay. Those are those are cool too. Um, yeah. You know, it is it is great to have you on here. If somebody wanted to send you a message and say, "Hey, you know, tell me a little bit more about this." Um, what's a good way that they could get in touch with you? Oh, they can, they can reach out to me, uh, on Facebook. Um, you know, um, they can, they can, uh, they can connect with me there. Uh, I know, uh, it, I, I had this idea of, of being creative with my Facebook profile. So I put facebook.com slash I know Richard Ball 
Um, and so I thought that would be really cool, really great. Um, they can also just send me an email uh, at youthpastorrichard@outlook.com. Uh, they can, uh, they can connect with me on Twitch, uh, uh, twitch.tv slash daily planet CK. Um, I try to keep my name kind of a secret, but I, I know it's been said like several times on, on the, on the stream. So, uh, <laughs> by, by my students and, uh, cause I, I've had a, on occasion, I've had my students play with me and, and, and they blurred out Richard and I'm like, and they're like, uh, daily planet. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, you know. <laughs> So they can do that there. Um, uh, just, uh, but probably, uh, I think, uh, especially with this group of youth pastors, probably just through, just through Facebook would might yeah. be the best way, but they can always email me, um, uh, and, and stuff like that. I would love to, to talk further and, and, and as well as get what their insights are, you know, I know there's, there's some great guys doing some great things out there in the youth ministry world. And, That's and, true. uh, we're not, we're not to be, we're not competing with each other. We're working together for the kingdom. And I love mm -hmm. that. That's great. Let me let you know, listeners, that if you're not a part of our Student Ministry Matters uh, community on Facebook, be sure to look us up. It's a way that we can share some of these same things uh, the same way that the Arkansas Student Pastors Network does. And so if you have questions or comments or things that you'd like to talk about, throw it on there. It's a way for us to, to stay connected because that's, man, that's so important in these days ahead as we deal with disrespectful students or just the hardships and, and challenges of ministry, uh, we want to be praying for you. So if you need us to reach out to you, uh, just reach out to info at studentministrymatters.com. Let me just encourage you today to keep loving on your students, even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, and we'll keep doing all those things because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.